Ross and Humphreys on the road. Muggins and cream, cream and muggins, straight thugging, living the dream. That, that's our intro. Fucking muggles. Tickling the clit inside your head that makes you laugh. <laughs> they said it can't be done. How are you coping after your six long haul flights in the space of three weeks? Um, you know what? Fine. Like, you know, first of all, an important caveat to add for this is I'm not some sort of superhero, but I do regularly fly business class. Aye. So it's like a different experience. Um, but also, man, because, we've, because of the fucking X tour, when we were just traveling all of the time, so consistently every day, that even the, like, this past six weeks has been a lot, but, like, in terms of my perspective of what a lot of travel is, it's only, like, a six, 6.5. Mm. But what is good yeah. is because uh, Cara, Kaylin and uh, Cara's parents joined out in uh, Singapore. They're on their way to New Zealand currently. We'll talk plenty about Singapore. Yeah. We gave them just a couple of extra days there because there's no point dragging a baby around to every part. and like Because we had three internals in... Yeah, in, yeah. So we've just done... So to fill people in, we've just done Singapore, which was the first long-haul flight, and then that the flight from there to New Zealand where we've done Christchurch, Wellington, and now we're in Auckland where we are for three days. And that's when they're going to join with. Yeah. So they're joining us on the blocks. Yeah. And then we fuck off and do little skirmishes. And then they'll meet us in Brisbane. Yeah. Where we're going to be there for a little while. So it's kind of working out. For me, it's very, like, Gareth's parents coming over, like, the, the math, it's blowing their mind. They never thought they'd ever, like, get to go to Singapore. And one of the things, a lot, they've, you know, sometimes when I feel myself incapable of experiencing joy or expressing it well. See it through other, other people's people, eyes. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Like seeing other people enjoy things, you go, oh yeah, no, this is fucking amazing and I shouldn't take that, all of this for That's granted. why I, I keep a harem of uh, professional plus ones that come skiing with us <laughs> and uh, shit. And I'm just like, I, I always want to take me like mates from back home. Uh, just to just to share it, because you know, we're so very lucky to live this uh, life mm. and then hopefully in your career you get to a point where it becomes more financially viable to be able to share it. And uh, thankfully we're... The, the one thing that's very fucking vindicating for me and the only other time I've ever felt like it was when Cara joined on the American tour and after like two weeks she was like, this is hell. I hardly see this all the time. She, she, was, she was like, this is awful. She was like, you wake up too early in the morning, you go to a fucking airport, you're in minimum one, maximum fucking three, you arrive at your hotel, you check in, you shower, Neil sets up the venue, you go do a gig, you meet fans afterwards, you drink, you smoke, you go to bed, and then you do it all again. You don't get to see these places. You don't get to eat. And you're like, well. uh-huh. Yeah. But like, but, but to hear somebody else complaining about the thing that I always feel like, because I really hate myself whenever I complain about stand-up. Mm. And, I, and by the way, I know I do it a lot on this podcast. Oh, this is the podcast. This is where we let off steam. But like, people don't really see that gruelling side of it on socials. Well, because it doesn't, it, well, and also, like, it doesn't feel, it's like one of those things where it's like being like, oh, fucking it, man, have you ever had to carry around a bag of money? It's fucking heavy. People are going, <laughs> shut up, cunt. Yeah. Shut up, you but fucking But this rucksack man. full of gold that weighs like 30, 30 pounds, like... It's thirty pounds a lot. Uh, yeah. I think I meant kilos. Uh, well, man, man, it's the thing uh, that uh, it's like with with fucking perspective. People always go, "Oh, are your diamond shoes too tight?" And you go, "Well, no, no, hold on. If, they if are I too were tight. to buy diamond shoes, the bare minimum I would expect of them." was that they fit my fucking feet. Like, I'm not going to end a footlocker and being like, do you do those in a size fucking nine up there? Like, it's, they're going to be fucking custom. If you've spent that much on something, you do expect it to be uh, good. That, that oh, I'm also not aware that that's the most privileged thing I've ever said in my uh, fucking life. Uh, talking about your business class endeavours, um, 
can we talk about you putting me on a flight around the world when you got a direct flight? Uh, That's never happened before. No. Did um, you ask for that? <laughs> <laughs> so that Daniel flew direct from Singapore business class uh, to New Zealand. Yeah. And I went middle seat economy via Melbourne with a four-hour layover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was not... I was like, I'll see you in a while then. <laughs> I don't obviously book any of nah. the travel. Uh, um, but Marlena knows I'm like, I'm not, I'll not get on a plane that's more than seven hours if it's not mm -hmm. business. Like I just, it's, I, most of the time when I land a place, I have a gig that night. I have pressed that fucking day. I've got something the next day. You're going to a part of the world where the time difference is so much. And if you, and it's, it's easier to sleep. Uh, and I understood when Marlene was saying like, Daniel's going to fly business, but you're not because I'm coming on this tour with you, but I'm also doing my own shit. Yeah. So I'm going to be doing like, it doesn't, like it doesn't, maybe it's a dozen of my own gigs. Yeah. So she's like, if you want to fly business, upgrade yourself. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not where he's at yet. Yeah. So I'll probably not do that. So it was my own option as well. But it's also, Marlena, Marlena has always been very, very good. And one of, the, one of the many, many reasons why she is such a very, very good agent and manager is because she cares about things that you don't ever really pay attention to. And that's why when you go and experience things that she set up, they're normally a thousand times better than you expect them to be because uh, she's... But, like this accommodation that we're in. It's oh, fucking incredible. Unbelievably good. But because of that, she is very, very good. And because she does accounts and because she's just qualified in so many things and because very smart, she's like, oh, you know, if we do it this way, we can cut costs here. And like, man, fucking 10 years ago, five years ago, all the cut and cost shit. I uh, share in a room so, in the Premier Inn. So fucking necessary. Uh, it was the only way, like her cutting all those mm -hmm. costs was enough for me to be able to pay my mortgage, was enough for me to be able to pay all my fucking bills. Yeah. Like all of those. And the amount that came in off the tour wasn't just chipped away at with all these extravagances. No, and it made a huge, huge difference. But what's happened is, is because of the past couple of years of my career, we got to a point where... where yeah, mental health's more important than your bank account. Yes. Yeah, which is why it's like, I'm not... I am not, I never want to feel like I ever did on X ever again. I never want to hate this job. I never want to walk out on stage and despise the audience for making me be there again. And the way to do that is to make travel not a fucking chore. Yeah, make the bed as comfortable as uh, the one at home. But, but, but Marlene is like, great, Daniel needs that. But I can suffer. I'm uh -huh. an agent. I'm, I don't give a shit. I'll fucking fly economy. Because it was and like... Kai's, and Kai's working class. The cunt's <laughs> just happy to be on a fucking plane. He doesn't even watch the movies. He just stares out the window and screams for the 12-hour flight going, uh, it shouldn't be possible! It shouldn't be possible! <laughs> I'm flying! I'm flying! <laughs> so, it was really funny as well because well, she was like, oh, because if we're all three of us went on that flight, it would have been like extortionate, not worth a while getting New Zealand or whatever. And, like, so we're going to get on this one. And I was like, I think I'm the only one that's not gaining anything from this. <laughs> well, she's, she's getting a cut of the, the, the thing and you're getting a cut and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm a sucker for being on a flat right. rate. Oh, but, but it's also like that, that stuff makes me feel like, don't get me wrong, I, there is a massive part of me that feels like a fucking cunt that when we get onto planes, I turn left and you turn right and I'm like, I'm looking forward to the next stage when we're all able to turn left and Marlene is uh, able to turn left and we can all do that. And we did do it in America. You did put us on business to the America trip and back. And I, say, and I said to Marlena, and I was like, look, I fucking, I'm so grateful for the way you've done things. And it has been correct for 14 years. But now, just stick, your, stick yourself on the fucking New Zealand flight. What are you doing? Let's just, like, <laughs> we'll take on the fucking... And you know what? In five years, when... 
this success that I have might diminish, you know, nothing is ever permanent, nothing is ever fucking guaranteed. I could get mm. to a stage where, you know, the tour... You might get on well. Might get on well. I might, I, I might do an Alfie Brown. You may, you may lose your voice. <laughs> I might do a lost voice. Which hopefully, which hopefully you'll lose your voice before you do an Alfie Brown. <laughs> just whisper in the N-word. <laughs> it's, it's not as quite as hot cutting when he whispers it. Oh, you think? Oh, I think, I think, no, I mean, if I think of it, if we want to hold that under a microscope, I think there's something really, really more vindictive about Turn this whisper. up, did you hear what he said? Oh, I think, I think whispering it. Is it's trying to get away with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you're whispering it into a black person's ear and they'll be like, what is it? <laughs> no, what is it? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? No. Um, you want to talk about the Alfie Brown thing? You want to be two straight white men and discuss um, Alfie Browns? You know what? I texted him the day as a welfare check. Aye. I didn't have to the same number. It was from my day in the Punch Drunk gigs in 2016. For those of you who um, don't know, uh, there's a comedian called Alfie Brown who uh, last week, um, I think he got into like a... Uh, I mean, I think it's also safe to say he's a friend of ours. Like, yeah, absolutely he is. Uh, he, like, I don't want to distance myself from him. not going to distance myself. But, I'm going to be very honest about my opinions but he's, here. He's, but um, he's, he's getting punished for something bad that he'd done. And I think he's fucking, like, I read his apology. Like, he knows what he'd done was bad. It doesn't stop being bad. It doesn't so, stop the fact that Let me just give the context, right? So he, uh, during a tour show last week, I believe he was talking to a woman in the, in the front row and he was talking about fucking anti-Semitism in the Labour Party, which is a topic whenever somebody discusses it. I'm like, cool, can I leave here? Because every time I've seen this dis discussion happen, everyone starts screaming and I learn absolutely nothing other than I'm never going to weigh into this debate because it's just going to involve being fucking yelled at. Uh, that being said, I think if you, were, I think if I personally were to read like fucking uh, David Baddiel's uh, book, apparently that's excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I think it's called like... A, it's only the Jews or something. I think that might be worth and would help me get a better understanding. Anyway, Alfie has this discussion uh, with this girl, this woman. Um, he talks about it online. And then obviously people who are on the other side of that debate to him found an old clip of him, I think eight years ago, where he says the N-word like nine times in a routine. Now, context is always important, right? But before we get into the context of the joke, I'll also acknowledge, just don't, any whiteies out there, just don't say the word. Even no. if you're trying to be subversive, even if, even if you're trying to be intelligent, none of us will ever understand what that word feels like. Mm -hmm. Now, don't and I, I was going to say, I've spoken with this before. I, I, in my 2013 show, I did it when Reg D. Hunter said, shit's just got real. And I said the word mm -hmm. on the set and my whole thing was like, I don't know how to respond to that because like, I don't want to take credit for a struggle that I wasn't part yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm not. <laughs> um, so like I, I did that, that one time, but luckily for me, it's not recorded. So when, when I'm like fucking educating myself and trying to fucking educate other people from the Blythe region who are being fucking openly racist online mm -hmm. during the Black Lives Matter movement, where I was just like, oh shit, these people are in an ignorance that I can help them out of before they say some shit that they regret. I didn't have that getting fucking taken out of context and put online mm. to, to to bring to devalue everything I've learned since 2013. Well, it's important to know that even and even then, I like I still didn't think what I was saying was bad. It was like I was quoting somebody who actually said it. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have said it still. And and Alfie's bit is within the context of language and slurs and whatnot. And but don't be wrong, I never would have fucking done the joke, even if it was in my head. I'm like. 
bear, like that's a conversation for friends where I'm like, here's a joke I'd love to do on stage, it's, but I never fucking. It's also problematic because of the volume of how many times he says the word, and uh, like they, he seems to be relishing it, like so it doesn't come across well, good. There's a man that is. We've all gone, or at least I, I can. And it was a joke it. about language. It wasn't a joke so much about race. I have absolutely in my fucking career, and I probably will again, tried to be a fucking edge lord. Tried to do something where you're you're going to do something dangerous that shouldn't be done. So to oh give man, a the rape jokes I did. The rape jokes I did when I was an open mic. Oh my god, what was I doing? Oh man, I, I'm pretty sure even with like my my sister of my history, I, de- I definitely said retard on stage. Aye. Like there's not that I think that compares to the N word, but then also like it's still a fucking slur. And we'll not understand and you, how it you, feels you, to hear that. In recent times, you've said the F word quite flagrantly because you feel like you're surrounded by so many gay people oh, that yeah, it's okay no, with that. Yeah, that is okay. that is just white so, boys surrounded by black people no, dropping the end bomb. No, no, it is. Yeah. Um, so, so that that basically that like everything that we've said and done in our career, like there, there is stuff that could get us all. Yeah, and what happens here is in the situation that Alfie's been through. I did some research on this uh, in America, where stand-up comedy is the most popular than it is anywhere else in the world. It's you know I, I don't know if it created stand-up comedy, but it certainly perfected what is the modern-day version of it. It's the one that inspired all the other countries to get involved and do it. Like when you think of comedy, that most people would just name mostly American comedians if you were to ask them globally. That is. So in America, where comedy is the most popular, less than 10% of the population eh, consume stand-up comedy in any format, right? That's live ticket sales, that's people that stream specials on Netflix, that's people that's less than 10, 30 million people in America, less than that, watch and consume stand-up comedy. So therefore, it's reasonable enough to assume that those statistics are true, if not lesser, for every other country in the world. It's uh-huh. going to be less than 10%. So what, ha- and, and that's important. It's important that most of the population doesn't enjoy stand-up comedy because it's not for them. It's for us. And when it's when we're in that fucking room and it's just as, the reason jokes are that are taboo and horrible make us laugh because we're like, man, you, if you were to say this in the street, you'd get fucking yelled yeah, at. You, if, if you'd you get fired. A lot of people would get fired from the job for saying what we say on stage. Mm-hmm. And also that's why like the best gigs are in basements because you like to feel like prohibition. Yeah. You like it to feel like a speakeasy, just like you're fucking underground and everybody knows we're here. It's, it's punk, it's fucking rock and roll, it's all of this. So what happens when something is resurfaced, like what fucking Alfie Brown did there? First of all, you've got to understand, there's just people out there who, when they hate someone, will just do what people do, which is go through everything they've ever said in the past, take those things out of context, put them up there, and use it to be like, look at all these awful things he said, and taking all of these jokes out of fucking context. And it is just this, you know, mob mentality of mm. let's fucking destroy, destroy, destroy and get rid of it. But these people do not watch stand-up. These, when this fucking happens, like I, you know, they're, they're going to try and get Alvy pulled from these fucking venues because the other threat they have, which is I'm not coming to the show. Can't, you were never going to the fucking show. You didn't hear of Alfie before this. You don't watch fucking comedy. Like, not, like it's when it's put into the rest of the world where stand-up comedy doesn't fucking belong, they don't know how to react to it. Like, Alfie Brown has 12,000 Twitter followers. And yeah, that's all of the fucking tweets about him were getting, like, 200,000 fucking retweets. None of them know who he is. None of them will ever know who he is. They were never going to see uh, him fucking live. But don't get me wrong, I imagine from fucking Alfie's perspective, it feels like the entire yeah, world is just feel overwhelming. screaming at you. And also, I, I personally, I think his apology was good. It was, I was wrong. 
I tried to- I've grown since. I've grown since. Um, and, but here's the thing, apologies will never be enough for these people mm. because they you know do- what, You know what, sorry to interrupt, but you know, it was gutting for me about that whole thing was when it was like, Oh, it was 2015, and I was like, that was just the other day of that. And then I was like, that's fucking nearly a decade ago. Mm. I was totally gutted to find out how much time had elapsed since 2015. Aye. I was like, oh, no. that's 2015 is a time where people are claiming times have changed since then. But they really fucking have. Are they, yeah, there was a massive I'll, culture shift in 2020. Yeah, but I also still don't... I, I think we can say with good reason that even in 2015, that routine was probably mostly unacceptable. But again, oh, yeah. I, yeah, considering <laughs> I said I was doing something not even close to as bad as that in 2013, and I dropped it because it didn't feel right. Yeah. Uh, but when... So obviously the apology isn't enough for Alfie. These people who fucking hate him and just decide to hate him because that's the target they have for now and they're going to continuously find clips of him and of have a word where they're going to take his jokes out of context and they're going to use it to prove that he's a bastard and a fucking evil man or whatever. The apology will never be enough. When people get offended by comedy, it's an ego thing. You, someone they don't know, has affected their emotions in a way that they didn't think it was possible. And you don't know who they are. They're, you, you've, you've upset them and that hurts and they hate that. They don't want that to be erased. They want you to bend the fucking knee so they can make you feel the exact same mm-hmm. way. It's, they want you to feel, feel as powerless and as helpless as they did when you fucking offended them. And nothing you can say will ever, ever be enough. Because the only thing you can say is when you say something wrong horrific, something that you shouldn't have fucking joked about, is, I am sorry, that was wrong, and I promise I will change from here on, and that is the only thing you can ever say. Mm-hmm. I also sometimes don't think the word sorry is always necessary. I think the word promise of growth is what I want more than, mm-hmm. you know, anything fucking else. I saw, I, I listened to a podcast once about the word sorry and how Donald Trump didn't use it, and Justin Trudeau used it really frequently. Yeah. So he gets way more backlash for the things he says because he's got a propensity to apologise. Aye. Because, yeah. like, he, he, he'll admit that he's wrong, whereas Donald Trump just wouldn't admit he was wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, like, he plow- would just plough through and get away with it all. Um, Which is a fucking bullshit way for society to have settled into. Yeah. I think Alfie's still coming to... He's coming to Australia, yeah. I, I, I read a thing um, that he... Because it was about uh, he didn't get pulled by off the cre- up the creek or something. Because yeah. there was a thing went around that he got pulled from up the creek and it was just like a mutual decision. He said, I don't want a gig right now. Yeah, which is fair um, But he's still going to go to Australia, so he'll be there. They love his racism. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Tyra, do the N-word. <laughs> he's like, oh, what am I going to do with my career? I've got it. <laughs> Go to Australia. Um, yeah, I watched the thing with that um, trigonometry thing where the two lads were like looking through the barrel of the camera. Like, oh, no, they'll get you next. They're coming after you. They're going to bring the woke mob. They're going to bring everybody down. But Alfie, you've got a place for me we're here. You've got a platform here on trigonometry. And you, when they come after you, you've got a platform here. And I'm like, what makes you think that I wouldn't go back and work at the leisure centre before I took on that platform? <laughs> I just go and get a regular job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like before, before, you think I just need to be seen that much? Well, that I'm just like, right, any platform will do. Just someone listen to us. Well, because I mean, that is what eventually fucking happens. It's happened with uh, Brian Callen over in, uh, in in America, which is when comedians get, air quotes, cancelled and attacked for things they've said or done. Now, it's important to understand that Brian Callen is, uh, and I have to say this legally, but please look at the glint in my eyes, an alleged 
rapist. <laughs> Matthew, zoom into my eyes. <laughs> Brian Callan is an alleged rapist. Uh, when you get, you know, yelled at to the point where the, 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 the left and the centre no longer want to watch your comedy, the only options are either quit comedy and stop doing it or lean in to the right-wing grift. Mm-hmm. And just fucking being like, okay, well, you know, the left is overly sensitive and they're heavily police and, you know, there's no apologising to them, there's no fucking policing them. But I'm just going to go over there where you can say whatever the fuck you want and I'll change some of my opinions because I, Brian Callan's now on it louder with Stephen Crowder. I don't know who these people are. Oh, man. Brian Callan, you'd recognise, he's one of uh, fucking bald frauds, mate. He, he was in a random film, wasn't Warrior. he? Warrior. Yeah, that or was it. Ah, I was going to say, because I've, I've, I've seen Warrior and I, I know who you mean now. Uh, so he, Stephen Crowder is this right-wing fucking guy who just, he's just like a smaller Alex Jones, has this podcast where he talks about right-wing talking po- points and makes fans of trans people. And then it's like, buy this cup, buy these pills, buy this juice. But it's all part of the grift in order to make money. And it's the Tucker Carlson thing and the Piers Morgan thing of, if you throw enough money at me, I will change whatever core values I have. Because my actual core value is, I love money and I want more attention. So, um, I just don't, I just can't see Alfie doing the right wing grift. Nah. <laughs> can't see him. Nah, I think he'd rather do anything else. Aye. I don't think, I, I don't think they realise that's the, the, like, this is your only option is to come to us. And you're like, nah, there's, there's also the option of being a bum on the street. Aye. <laughs> that's way, way before that. Man, look, look how fucking miserable Andrew Lawrence is with his fucking audience. Aye. Because he had, like I said, our fucking audience. He had caught people that liked his stuff because he was such a good fucking writer. I reckon I'd fucking mop up with that crowd now enough. I just started leaning into right wing, Aye. fucking working men's clubs. <laughs> oh, you could. I'd fucking. Did you see that Jim Davidson is on a is on a tour called Proper Comedians Tour? I'm gonna they give put you... proper quotation marks. Yeah, I'm gonna give, you... That, I'm gonna give you one guess as to what the word proper means. Straight white man over 55. Aye. <laughs> That's what all seven are. Aye. <laughs> <They're> just... <laughs> proper stand up, proper stand up. You can bring your wife, but don't let her laugh. I don't know, like, I don't know. Did, did they mean the air quote, the, the, the actual quote marks on proper? Because they're just like, they put proper comedians. Aye. But I feel like they meant proper comedians. But they, they, they put like a, they put an accent on proper. It's Code for racist, right? Because that's what that's what that's what boomers mean when they're like, oh, it's like back in the days of proper comedy, uh, and you're like, you mean Bernard Manning? Uh, you, just you mean, mean the jokes Bernard. taxi drivers tell you to put in your set? Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on, uh, and speaking we, of countries with actual talk? legit cancellation uh, no, policies, uh, we just speak to Singapore, where like uh, I, th- I didn't think um, Alfie would be able to just cancel a gig and spend some time with his family. No. <laughs> if you played that in Singapore. My Singapore comedians have a term for, obviously it's a place where you are not allowed to criticise the government. Um, and if you do... Which we seem to constantly do just as we leave the country. Yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. the cowards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is really, like, it's a, it's another form of, like, fucking white saviour fucking privilege to be able to go to these countries, say whatever the fuck you want, and then just leave and be like, well, I guess I had the courage to do what they didn't. Motherfucker, you don't live there and you're never going to deal with the consequences. It, it was the um, getting off the flight. They, they'd done an announcement before I disembarked saying, um, it, make sure you don't bring any drugs into the country, even edibles, even cannabis, um, because it is punishable by death. 
and the death penalty and and you can still go there and like talk about drugs and joke about drugs and mention you took drugs now if like legally it's punishable by death but if morally mm. you think it's punishable by death then you shouldn't be just accepting of people joking on about it. What are you like, doing? You know, what are you doing? One of the Singapore government's listening to this. What are you doing? Don't tell them to fucking kill me for talking about drug use. You know, you know, but you know, like if say um, paedophilia got punishable by death, and a lot of us would be in agreement, gone, yes, yep. uh huh, mm-hmm. kill that cunt, mm-hmm. unneeded by society, mm-hmm. fuck the kid, kill him, mm-hmm. punishable by death. Right? So you're like, fuck the kid, let's kill him. <laughs> fuck like, the no, kid. That's how we go here. Fuck the kid, then kill him. Yeah. Um, if then somebody from a country where that wasn't punishable by death came into our country and started going, shag loads of youngins back in my place. <laughs> I've just been shagging youngins in Amsterdam, uh, right? Then, you wouldn't just be like, what do you like? It's just so liberal. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, huh? So the fact that the, the law and the morals don't add up just well, makes it feel fucking really jarring. Yeah, yeah, but, but, you're, but you're, it's not the people that voted in that fucking law. Like, when you get to Singapore, the, I don't know if you know this, but the uh, motto of Singapore is Singapore, you wouldn't fucking dare. Oh, everything runs perfectly. Runs perfectly. Everything is so clean. so well it's done. It's so very safe. It's and so it, clean. And you walk these streets. There's you, no chewing gum on the floor. No. You know why? Punishable by death. Yeah, it's illegal to have chewing it's gum. It's not punishable by death. But, no, but it is heavily but it's punishable. You look at Singapore and you're like, this is punishable by amazing. breath. This is such a good society. But what evil took place <laughs> to get this place this safe and good? Yeah. Like it's yeah, I was just Don't look in the don't look in the closet. It's like a superficially tidied place where all the fucking dirt's behind the Yeah. It's just been quickly put hidden away. Aye. Uh, but it's fucking gorgeous though, and I like being there. Yeah, yeah. It's dead nice. It's hotels are phenomenal. Yeah. Everyone's good. The food's always so good. Singapore was the, the lifts first. are fast. Yeah, you get in one of the lifts that comes immediately. You press the button and you're on your floor immediately. Yeah, it's it's all very very efficient. The gig was fucking uh, great fun. So good. You know what I love for that gig is, and it's probably because of the accent as well and the language barrier, and they're like leaning to listen. But you know when you're feeding in, when you're feed lining, you could hear a pin drop. There's no like rustling run, there's no movement, there's no like just backdrop like whispering. There's on. no American voice of a guy just repeating the punchline to his girlfriend. Because yeah. sometimes there's just like some ambient noise, not enough to mention it, mm-hmm. right? But to hear complete stillness like that is so unnerving because you're like, if I get to the punchline and there's still this quiet, I might just snap my own neck. <laughs> <laughs> But they did laugh hard. That was what was good about it. They fucking peaked every t- every punchline. Yeah, they really class gigs. I enjoyed it last time. I was out. Enjoyed it this time. Hope we can come back after this episode. I think we're fine. Like uh, the thing fine. I was saying earlier, the Singapore comedians have a term uh, which is called having tea with the police, which is like if you do say anything negative about the government, like you'll be having coffee two days later, and then just like three police will turn up outside, and then two of them will just sit where you are and just explain to you. Why that joke's not going to happen again? Yeah, fucking uh, hell. Whereas, if you want to talk about cancel culture in the UK, I hope Boris Johnson dies. I'm glad the Queen is fucking dead. I hope Prince Andrew dies. It would be good if Rishi Sunak was hit by a car. Uh, Jacob Rees Mob deserves to be shot in the fucking head. Up the row. <laughs> <laughs> Free speech, baby. Um, and then we went to New Zealand, which was your first time in New Zealand. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. It's, it's not often I get the scratch country off the scratch map anymore, yeah. which I've got one of those and I haven't unrolled it yet, but I, I, I think I'm going to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I really like it here. Yeah. Um, I, the people have got the right attitude. Yeah. They're sure of themselves without being arrogant. Yes. They're, I they're, love it. They're, they're proud of their country, but without being nationalists. Uh, and they're the like Dorman they, last night was class. We oh. had a fucking belt a night last night. We took an edible that was like the perfect amount, and by that I mean it was just too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the fucking dream. Um, we went out with a friend of ours, Duck, and one of the boys from Foil Arms and Hog, uh, Sean Flanagan, and we go to this. You might remember Duck as being on the roast of Daniel Sloss, the only one that wasn't hiding from the camera by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> he was on like a couch full of people. The, the, that, it's so funny because the, the camera on the room there, right, is like a handful of people, but there's 20 people in that room. Oh, but yeah. you can probably count about six in the camera, right? By the end of it, you can just say duck and everyone's just against the window <laughs> hiding yeah. from the camera. Just like, I don't want anyone to see me this wasted. Yeah. Um, we, the, the first time we were like, I, I think it's fair to say that it it's an assumption that most people have that 95 to 97% of doormen and bouncers are pieces of shit. Uh, they're the type of people... The badge has gone to their head. Yeah, it's gone to their head. They're they never the become cops. Yeah, and it's just this thing. It's their way of having power over people in society and the world because they have none of it in their own heads and in their own fucking hearts. Because and if there is any sound ones, they generally work at comedy clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, or, or they end up becoming like the head of security firms because they're just like good and mm. they don't... They can de-escalate. Yeah, there's no... Uh, th- yeah, there's no violence on their fucking history. The first thing that I knew this doorman was fucking sound as cunt. Sound as fuck, right? When we get in, he's got that like desk and he's got that like little camera that they have at some things, which is like, hey, we're going to ID you when you come in and we're going to take a picture of you, scan your face, make sure you're not on any of the fucking systems, but also so that we've got a record that it was your, you here. Yeah, and it man, was a very official looking Diaz that he was stood at, wasn't yeah. it? Like, and man, we weren't not drug. We were like, we, we, were, off we were drug, we were fucking stoned and we were being like loud as we were, not boisterous, but just fucking laughing at each other. And this is such a key moment where most bouncers would be like, ID and they just fucking stare at it for two minutes. And they'll just take, the, you they'll take the buzz out your night, just let you know he's in charge. Yeah. Just so that you just take your enjoyment level doing a couple right. of pegs so that he can manage you a bit more. So I just so he can, he's, you got, you, he makes you feel that you've got to say fucking yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir. He, he'll keep one of your fucking. Feel mind. pleased that you got in. Aye. And you're like, oh, thank God. Thank oh, God thank God I, God I can be a paying customer at this uh, overpriced establishment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this guy just went, you guys having a good night? And I'm like, here we fucking go. And I'm like, yeah, man, great. And he's like, cool. And Enjoy. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you guys don't seem like you're going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, when we were going to chat with him, because we, we did like mention about that when we come in, you were just like, you were just really sound like, you're just like, that like, would just continue our enjoyment of the place without fucking iron would eye balm or like oh. expecting the UK. And he was like, bah, I want you to have a good night. Yeah. And like the, that Kiwi accent, that's just like, I always like go to Korg off uh, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bri. Yeah. Bri, well, yeah, Bri. Just, Bri. just want you to have a good night, bro. You come to my place. Uh, we go at one point uh, just to fucking vape, and there is this drunk guy who is clearly also, on crystal meth. Or something. Yeah, there's like a, the, it's it's drunk, and there's also 
methamphetamines somewhere in his body. He's not tweaking or whatever, but like he's he's gone and he's chatting away to them and he keeps asking if they can come in. And, and he, and he tells them he can sing or something, doesn't so, he? So, he? So he's been, he's been very nice. He's like, buddy, I can't. He's like, man, you're just, you're clearly really drunk. You're wasted, man. Uh, I don't yeah. think it's going to be the best place for you. If you go and sober up a fucking light and he's been really, and the guy's begging and pushing. I'll sing you a song. And he goes, I'll sing you a song. And his mate goes, sure, tell you what, if you sing us a song, it fucking impresses us. We'll light you in. And the guy starts having this panic. He's like, okay, okay. We've come out, we've been chatting the dormant, uh, we're having a vape, and then uh, we just start clicking him in. It's like forward, <laughs> start clicking him in. The cunt gets a bit of confidence. Aye. Jesus, he starts- has the voice of a fucking angel. He says, twitchy little crackhead, and then he just starts <laughs> belting to fucking like, John Legend or something. Now, there was, there was part of me that while this was going on, where I'm like, if I were to take the situation and put it in the UK... This is really cruel. And humiliating. Because, but yeah, because this would be a UK bouncer just going, all right, junkie, fucking dance, dance for me. me. Yeah. You're, you're out your own head and I'm going to have a little fun laugh here with my fucking friends. But, he, but the doorman let the guy bargain. He was like, all right, I'll hear you out. He uh, said, you're going to sing. Uh, <laughs> and the guy fucking sings and he sings for like fucking two minutes. We're bobbing away. And at the end of the doorman went, man, fair enough. Like he turned around like the uh, voice. I didn't think I was ever going to let this guy in. That was my job, to stop you getting in. <laughs> but there we go. And then he let him, when we were coming out later and talking to him, I'm like, man, you're like one of the soundest doormen I've ever met in my life. He's like, man, look, the guy came in for 10 minutes. He didn't mm-hmm. manage to get any money off people. I was keeping a fucking eye off him. I'm not going to fuck, you know, I, he's like, I try to judge people based on you know, uh, their character and in and, 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 and the moment. I, and and he was like such a hard look at doing it. He was like, I don't believe in violence, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This fucking six foot eight brick Maori fucking shithouse. Like all of these stunning fucking tribal na- tattoos. Yeah, he's one of me men, one of me boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're in the same tribe, are we? I didn't see you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a man that could just fucking crush melons like uh, a fucking man. And he was like, I got a son, bro. I got a family and he showed a picture of his son. Giant of a Giant of a He's like 13. I'm like, he's 30. Yeah. We're like, does he play rugby by any chance? Yeah, bro, all the time, bro. Um, it was just nice that I, look, I'm sure people in New Zealand will tell us stories of times bouncers have been a fucking uh, arsehole. We we have had a really good ride of like everybody that we've spoken to who's been really fucking sound. All yeah. all the staff at restaurants and hotels, the yeah. like people that we meet after the gigs, people that we've like ended up drinking with. Aye. And we've only been here a couple of days and I'm just like so far from a country that I've just stepped foot in has represented itself better than New Zealand, any com- country New I've been New Zealand in. always makes me sad because in my head I'm like, this is what Scotland could be like if it wasn't attached if physically just, to England. If it just floated off and had a nice warm climate. No, 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 no <laughs> man, the fucking climate wouldn't matter. We would just start burning more fossil fuels and wait 30 years. Aye, <laughs> like, fair enough. But like, it's, we are... It feels like we're fucking held back because we are physically the yeah, same. Yeah, like, oh, country. we could be like you. Yeah. We like, could have that identity. Scotland is more liberal than England. Like, mm-hmm. the, in just the fucking way they vote. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think the Scottish government is perfect by any fucking stretch of the imagination. And I think in recent fucking years, it's started to eat his own tail and become a bit fucking mental. But it's but a I, lifestyle podcast, not a politics podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, fuck. Um, so. We did the Christchurch gig, which was amazing. That was one of my, that was top five of my career for me. Yeah, you came, you came off with that same buzz that I come off in Bangalore. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I did, like, I did, 
an unprofessional. I think I did like two hours. You breached two hours, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you did like kind of put it in their hands. Yeah, yeah. I said to them, you because you were just like, um, how long have I done? Oh fuck, is there a curfew now? And you're like, do you want to just keep this up? And uh, really cheered. So well, like, you give it to them. Well, you let them choose was, their own adventure. It was because there were so many things that like you encode yourself. You encode yourself by accident. Yeah. Like, there was a fucking fly that wouldn't leave me alone for fucking ages. So I ended up getting five minutes out of that. At one point, I ran out of whiskey. Like you had so no field routine. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe that was happening. This when I watched that, it was McIntyre's Roadshow, wasn't it? What? He did a Noel Field and done a like segment on McIntyre's Roadshow and it was just him like pretending to be a fly or follow a fly or something. It was like the oh, fucking breaking bad episode everyone hated. I couldn't fucking stand. I'm now I'm a bit old. Because I hadn't watched Bush or anything, so I didn't know his cultural significance. And I was just watching somebody doing the job that I'm just taking up, going, What are you doing? And I fucking I th- I think if I'm being honest, I think the reason I hated Mighty Bush wasn't first of all, it's not for me. It's not my type of fucking Comedy. I don't find. I, I, that's I, a deal breaker for some people if you don't like the bush. Like I don't think just being random is clever or funny. I think it is a very very simple format that's fair enough. Speaks to the mind and the mad sense libs. of humor. Yeah, it's mad libs. It's it's very simple. That being said, I guarantee no fielding. It's an absolute fucking sweetheart. Everyone I know who's ever yeah, talks about what a lovely bloke he is. I've seen him on Great British Bake Off. I'm like, man, I reckon I could spend. Three days you'll be you class. You're not, mad, you're not mad at him and what he did. You're mad at what he spawned. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm, I'm mad. You're at mad him. in the same way that that's why you're mad at Phoebe. Yeah, because Phoebe created kooky people. Yes, and and he created and also it, and he created random people. He created random people. people and it was at like this time in fucking random. It was time in school, like when we're all in our fucking teenage years, and there was me. And my friends and teachers and other people, people who were genuinely fucking funny, people who were like funny in their own right. And then for like fucking three months of the year, whenever Mighty Bush was on television, the unfunniest fucking cunt on the bus and in the class just got to be like, I'm old Greg, I got a man China. And half the class would be uh, like, yeah. and you're like, this is this is fake. He's a fucking charlatan. Uh, this isn't humour. Oh. Uh, and that's, yeah. It's like, you know, Tim Minchin is so fucking brilliant. Stuart Lee, I think, is great. Stuart Lee fans suck ass. Mm-hmm. Daniel Kitson fans suck ass. And a lot of Minchin. I think they're better than that. They spawn so many, um, like, what's the opposite of look likes when the sound likes? Sound likes on the open mic circuit. Mind you, I, re- I reckon there's death. There's got to be. There's, people out there must fucking hate my fans. I reckon. Because my fans think my comedy is intellectual, mm. I bet when they like some of them talk about it, they talk about it with being like, oh, it's just so smart. There's people being like, they can't pretend to wank off Prince Andrew for 10 minutes and then did a joke about Japanese people where he just did their voice. Like, yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is your intelligent when they, when god? They, when they boil, boil it down to its component parts <laughs> and take all the magic out of yeah. it. Uh, so, it's funny, you know, we're talking about. Uh, Comedians, inspirational comedians, spawning um, copycats. Uh, Natalie was, because like, she'll come when I'm doing tryouts, uh, trying out new material at the stand or whatever, and she'll come along when I'm on open mics just fleshing out material. And she's like, she's from Glasgow, so she sees people that are doing the Kevin Bridges voice. Yeah. And she's like, you do know that's not a Glasgow voice. That's Kevin Bridges' voice. Yes, yeah, There wasn't like a bunch of people that were walking around talking like Kevin Bridges. Kevin Bridges came as a unique variation 
it, like he, he took the Glasgow accent and he gave it this cadence and these pauses that it didn't already have. And he was his own unique person within the Glasgow accent. Mm. And now everybody's just acting as if that's how they spoke in school and that's how they were raised yeah, to talk. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, no, you're not, you're not being like this is somebody from Glasgow telling us this you're not being from Glasgow you're being Kevin Bridges do you reckon if you were to be at one of these open mic nights and there was an open spot who was like a massive fan of yours been fan of yours for like fucking eight years you were the reason they got into comedy they watched you for four years they watched you for eight years they've decided that they wanted to stand-up comedy and in the way that I sounded like fucking Ed Byrne when I started stand-up comedy right. and the way that we all just do impressions of it do you reckon you'd recognise somebody doing impressions of you or would you just be there being like fucking hell this chick's class <laughs> <laughs> this chick's unbelievable man her mannerisms her cadence yeah, this, this bitch knows how to tell fucking God. I don't Damn. know what it is about her she needs to stop eating her bogeys though <laughs> Uh, that, that it kind of happened. There was, uh, you know, uh, you know, the lad. He's a friend of ours, Connor Wilson. That he comes to our gigs in uh, in Newcastle and we do them. He might even be listening to this. Uh, he started doing open mics like shortly after I started, like about three years after I started. And uh, like because he'd hung out with me and stuff and done a bit of writing with me, it was like I was being mimicked. Mm -hmm. And I just found it quite flattering. I was like, he's young. He'll find his own voice eventually. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think he fucking do. But yeah, I mean, and I also know. somebody won a gong show with me comedy store set. Did <laughs> I, I expect you might tell us. He was like, I had to disqualify him when I discovered it was all your material, word for word. Fucking fair play. I was like, yes, I won. <laughs> I'm still good at gong shows. I always remember that Vladimir McTavish story, like fucking 15 years ago. I think he went over to Norway to do stand-up comedy. Uh, and he was doing, he was headlining, so he was doing like 30 or 40 minutes. And then For was, people that don't know, Vladimir McTavish is a Scottish man called Paul Sneddon who does a character called yeah. Vladimir McTavish. And, oh yeah, he's a legend on the Scottish circuit. He's been yeah. doing it for fucking so long. Like, he, Vlad did like most of my opening gigs. He's He's been around forever and will hopefully be around. I forever. didn't understand half the stuff he said and that's what's funny. Aye, aye. He's an... When he was in uh, Norway, two other like Norwegian comedians opened for him, but they obviously just did it in Norwegian. Uh, he does the show it all goes well he gets invited back out like three years later he gets like the same two comics to fucking open for him again and they do their show and they fucking smash and he's like god they really have improved in the past three years and then he goes on and because it's been three years and it's a different audience he does the same fucking set like Vlad doesn't do the fringe every year so he's not turning over material at the same rate as other fucking comedians and the jokes that rep just none none of them are fucking landing Two Norwegian cunts had just fucking translated a set from three years ago into Norwegian and did it well. No way. <laughs> Between them, they just really said. Apparently. And they deny that he was on and they were just doing like a tribute yeah, act yeah, from I, Norwegian. But I, but I think because comedy That's was so, so new funny. there, it wasn't a malicious thing. It was that thing. Like back in the 60s, working club comedians did just fucking mm. trade jokes with each other and gags were things that existed in the world. It was only really when the you know, the alternative fucking scene, I guess, yeah. but I, I, that's not true, like Dave Allen, the storytellers and stuff. Mind you, they were telling stories that were gag gags. I remember the first time I come out to uh, uh, Lithuania and it was me closing joke with the back massage, ta-da thing, mm. just didn't get it. But like everything else went down fine and that just didn't get on that big. And I was like, how did that not work? Was there something missing in translation? He was like, it's on YouTube. Yeah. See, they've seen it. 
everything you, everything you've ever done online has been witnessed by everyone in Eastern Europe. Uh-oh. Which means Alfie Bound was cancelled in Eastern European ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> they would not give a not fuck. On. <laughs> yeah. You just can't tour Eastern Europe before uh, you end up on that. I bet if you go into Alfie Bound's Instagram right now, it's just a bunch of Moldovans being like, "Come to Moldova. <laughs> would love to see you in Albania." <laughs> And then uh, Wellington, so we're done Christchurch. Oh my God, like I was so fucked. I would ask you at the beginning how you were after the long haul flight. I was threadbare when I landed from uh, Singapore. Because oh, yeah. um, I'd done that gig and I'd done the um, Good Times Comedy Club mm-hmm. in, uh, in Christchurch. But before the gigs, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I was like, I can't even think of me set. I don't know what my jokes are. I was fucking trying to just get 15 minutes of sleep backstage. And, uh, you know, when you wake up and you're just worse for having the smallest amount of sleep. And uh, I was totally fucked then. So, like, I do, I, like, I went for a drink after still because the, the adrenaline dump off the gig and the gigs went fucking amazing. Like, it, it's funny how you can just still fucking pull it out. Mm. That's just being professional. That's just years. Aye, aye. Years and years of doing it. Um, Went for a drink after, but I think I really like I had a really nice night's sleep that night, and it was when I landed in Wellington where I was just like uh, taking the the country in. And we're driving from the getting the taxi from the airport to the hotel. And you know, the first time I ever went to Edinburgh, I was like, I'm gonna live here one day, and I fucking ended up living with you for several years. I had one of them things where I was just like, This might be where I retire. Aye, aye, it's fucking gorgeous because it's like all of the houses are in the woods. Yeah. Like on the hill, there's hills off the coast and all the houses are just kind of dotted right. around. Plenty of space between each of them. I don't know if you paid attention to... I don't know how much they are like, but fuck me if you could bank one of them for just your yeah, twilight years. Yeah. What a belt that place to wind doing the clock. Well, I think it's like the attitude that they have here. I don't know if you listen to... And I'm to sorry the... if it's a really upbeat place and I've just reduced it to a retirement home. Well, <laughs> then, but, but I'm still going to be partying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the safety instructions that are on planes that nobody fucking listens to because if a plane crashes, we'll just all die. Um, the New Zealand one, I had my fucking headphones off and they said something. They were just talking about the culture of New Zealand and, you know, uh, how important it is to protect the nature here, to pre- protect the wildlife, to protect the heritage of the country, to protect the uh, history and the livelihoods of the people that were here first mm-hmm. and make sure that we do not erase their culture. We encourage it, you know, all this really nice stuff that uh, as a bleeding heart liberal, I'm like, fucking do it in Jeremy Corbyn's accent. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things the guy says is uh, in New Zealand, we don't believe that we get our... We don't inherit the earth from our ancestors. We are borrowing Borrowing the land from from our children. children. And I was like, oh, man, yeah. Tattoo Uh that on my fucking back. Uh, That's my my live, laugh, love that. I've got got words for the generation above. We're like, when the hand with the thing were borrowed and you can, what have you done to it? (laughs) (laughs) You've you've totally fucked it. Uh, It's got no resale value. It was the previous owner. It was the previous owner. Man, I bought it like this. They fought for it. (laughs) They they they, fought for it so they could give it back. And you just had your way with it. Mm. It's covered in spunk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Yeah, it does just feel like a... So I worry, because obviously, so Jacinda Cardin, it was the uh, Prime Minister of New Zealand. She was like the one that was like meme heavy on like the left-wing fucking TikTok algorithm because she was just 
LGTB inclusive. She's all about, she believes in fucking global warming. She understands that it's fucking real. She was a very human politician, mm-hmm. like a real, like would go to the grieving families after the fucking uh, earthquakes, after the fucking killings and all this stuff. Very, very human in a way that nobody from the Tory party has been for the past 25 years. Um, what, since Thatcher? <laughs> yeah. Man, I tell you, you guys, you know, milk is dangerous and bad for the environment. I don't know if you've watched Cowspiracy, but... She stole my milk! <laughs> um, I've always thought. Yeah, their thought was about the Prime oh, yes, Minister yeah, of yeah, New yeah. Zealand. But I, because what tends to fucking happen, at least that I've seen happen in countries, is you get like a dead liberal government, right? And then, because the fucking right hate that so much, they mobilise and they make sure a right-wing government gets in next. And then that it's right-wing government... The pendulum swings and... Both we've... back for. I don't know if that will happen in New Zealand. Like, I, obviously, of course, there's a right-wing here. It would be fucking... Do you think it'll just, like, bob on the left? Oh, no, it'll sure. just fluctuate there, but it'll never or, swing. Or I just want... So, like, look, it, the centre... The, the political centre of the UK, if you sit here fucking politically, right, mm-hmm. that's there. If you go to America as a centrist in the UK, you're left-wing in America. Yeah, right, got you. Their right-wing is so much further right-wing than our right-wing is. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder... They have guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they believe in, you know, they're, they're very pro-life, you know, as long as it's getting shot in the fucking head mm-hmm. and that, plastered all over us. Anti- anti-homosexuality, because it's against God and it's not natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Despite the fact, you know, it makes sure that no drag uh, artists are performing in front of children because we all know that it's drag artists that molest children and not Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> and the church and pastors and all those fucking people. But you never care when it's those because that doesn't fit the narrative. I wonder if the, I, th- I think like, <laughs> I think it's the opposite here. We're left wing where we come from and we land in New Zealand and they're like, bro, are you a centrist? Uh-huh. You're a fucking centrist, bro. And you're like, no, no, man. No, no. We don't appreciate your kind around here, bro. <laughs> you're still welcome. <laughs> you're still welcome. Yeah, put your feet up, bro. Yeah, but I'm not happy you're here. No. But I hope you have a nice time. And I hope you get some perspective. <laughs> very, very sorry for our racist Kiwi accents. But if it makes you feel any better, our Australian ones are worse. Uh, the English one's terrible. <laughs> really fucked <controversial. laughs> <laughs> Hate this English accent I've got. Um, Defensive. So we're going to have to wrap up this podcast in a bit because it is midnight and I have to go to uh, Auckland Airport to pick up the family coming from Singapore. I have a couple of days here. I feel so very guilty. Or I have no idea what I've done to my son. Like the poor lad, like he landed in fucking Singapore. Uh, like he was confused with the fucking timings, and then like he just got it right. But there was a day where he slept for like yeah. thirteen hours, and we were like, "Oh, buddy, like of course." Yeah, you've course. you've basically put an egg timer on anti gravity, <laughs> just <laughs> and expecting him to know what how long. A baby that has no concept of time. I'm just like, it's night time now, and he's like, yeah, it's "What night time again?" Yeah, By the way, it hasn't been night time for two days now. Yeah, my circadian rhythm disagrees, father. So. Uh, there is part of me, the the responsible parent in me goes, I hope he's tired. I hope when he gets off the plane, he's excited to see me, but that he's tired in the car. And then we get him back, that we're just able to get him down. I mean, he was, he was brand new in Singapore. Like, he was happy, he was smiling. He was like, there was a bit where like, he's had to keep him awake. Otherwise he would have had his sleep at the wrong time. And yeah. he, he had a little bit of a huff then, but he's uh, he wasn't unhappy. No, He was no, just like, just... Oh, I just want to sleep, man, cunts. Um, but the irresponsible 
father side of me, the one that's not his dad, the one that just wants to be his mate. I'm like, come here as wake as possible. Let Kara and her parents sleep. Let Kai fucking sleep. Me and him will just play in this fucking apartment and have some fucking time together. Yeah, if you want him awake. Well, I, no, no, of course, my, it's 90%. You want to hang out with him for three hours before bed? Of course, I fucking haven't seen him in three days. I want him to tell me what happened in Singapore. I want him to just blather to me and be like, yep, don't know what you're saying, man, but it sounds like you had a great time. Oh, yeah. um, I wonder what he sounds like when he talks. It's going to be so funny. Yeah. What's he going to have to say? What do you mean? I just think, like, what's, he gonna, what's his crack going to be like? Yeah. <laughs> Well, because I'm, I'm, I am just... Reckon, he'll be, like, cheeky and funny and cocky. Or do you reckon he'll be, like, like uh, a bit more like, you know, yeah, like a brother Matthew, a bit more, like, analytical and... I don't know. I, I, if, if it was up to me, I thought... Quiz, quizzical? Yeah, I'd prefer he was... I'd prefer he was more like Matthew, to be honest. I, you know, with uh, especially if he had Matthew's intelligence, that would be uh, excellent. And but do you think he's going to be a bit ditzy? Uh, like you? Hmm... If he has my, if he has my confidence turned down by twenty percent, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a good way to live your life, man. That's have have that. Don't don't get to where I am. Don't do that. Aye. It's it's unmanageable, unattainable, and 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 nobody really enjoys it. Um, I, ch- I was saying this to you. To, uh, was, I'll be gutted. I'll be fucking gutted if he's scared of roller coasters. Aye. I'll be fucking devastated. That, that's the thing you've been looking for. He mostly would having kids is just the excuse to go to theme parks. <laughs> and they go and like, nah. He's like pretending to be shorter than the sign. Man, so Cara does, Cara would do fucking roller coasters and everything. Mm-hmm. Give I don't think she'd skydive. Um, but maybe she would. I could, you know, I, I feel like, you know, maybe talk her into it. Um, Jean cannot do. Uh, theme parks can't do roller coasters. Yeah. We, me and Ali were in a Ferris wheel with her once in Edinburgh, and she cried for like three rotations of it. A Ferris wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, that was when me and Ali were being dicks. Not one of, one of the carousels with the horses. <laughs> Slow down. Well, to be fair to you, me and Ali were rocking the fucking thing, which uh, is like the worst. It, that's yeah. like somebody scared. I wouldn't like it if, as somebody that was scared of heights, if I was stood near a cliff edge. If you did that to me, <laughs> I wouldn't talk to you for a month. Did you see? Uh, <laughs> totally randomly. <laughs> I'm so random. Him. Do you see what uh, did Alfie Brown on the flight Altitude? Oh, he was shit scared of flying. Oh, yeah. And I told him the fake fact of the Stephen King book where I was like, "Oh, generally the planes that go down are the ones with loads of empty seats because people just had a feeling that day not to get on the flight and they didn't get on it. There's so many empty seats on this flight." <laughs> and then in the middle of us saying this, uh, Natalie went, "Oh, Kai, you've got an eyelash. It's really that. It's really make a wish." And I blew it out. Hope this plane crashes. <laughs> And then he was just said the N word a bunch of times. I was like, well, I hope you got that on the black box. I didn't I th- mean that. That's not what I meant. I, th- I think if you are somebody who is scared of roller coasters, it is your moral obligation, if the love of your life enjoys roller coasters, that you break up with them Aye. and do not diminish the rest of their life. Put on a brave face, man. Just get on it and just don't enjoy yourself. Just be living Aye. in fear for like three minutes of your life. Just, just three minutes and then again and then again and again. Look, I'm, fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of heights, but I will always do things that involve fucking heights because I'm aware that my fear is illogical, right? I don't think it's fully illogical, but you know what I mean. Like, it's the, the bit of me that's Aye. when I'm standing, like, this close to an edge. I know that if I was stood here right now, there's no chance I would fall three feet in that direction randomly. Uh, but if some there's... monkey part of my brain, when there's a cliff there, goes, 
that's a that's a possibility. You can't trust your intrusive thoughts, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like I've got a fear of rejection, but that didn't stop me chatting up lasses and blue bamboo. <laughs> In what? Blue bamboo. Oh, what's that? It's just in a club on the big market. Oh, okay, isn't it? Yeah, so blue bamboo. <laughs> is that like a euphemism for anything? Or is it just... Anyway, that's just a belt of weird thing that you can see in a jolly accent. Oh, that is it. <laughs> blue bamboo. That wasn't a jolly accent. No? Blue bamboo. Blue bamboo. Oh, was that? Oh, that was a oh, bl- oh, blue bamboo. Mark, I'm saying blue bamboo. Oh, yeah, explain computer. the difference to me between the Markham accent and it's the Jolly like, accent. Yeah. Like, they kind of just like hang on to their double vowels a little bit. School computer. <laughs> Super duper. <laughs> <laughs> blue bamboo. Let's <laughs> <laughs> down with blue bamboo. I kind of deal with that. But uh, um, he fucking, there's a barman chatting to you last night in Wellington and I was high as fuck and we're going to move on to that pool hall. And uh, I come over to sip a bit of whiskey with you and fucking call the night. What's happening? Mac's about, oh, about to die. Right. right. Uh, anyway, over. he asked if I was a Mac. He's, right. dead. He's dead now. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Sorry, podcast. About to die.